When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everyone. It's David here. The summer is already behind us. Already. And uh, I'm sure we can agree it's been the strangest one ever. Thankfully, we have the return of football to provide much-needed normality as the nights draw in. To celebrate this, Beer52 are generously offering free beer to you while watching our team from the comfort of your own home. They're offering eight craft beers sourced and curated from the best breweries on the planet for free. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash rangers and just cover the 5 95 for the postage. Beer52 is the world's most popular craft beer discovery club it's got over 150,000 members and they send a brand new case to them every month every month's case has a different theme past themes have included beers from new zealand south africa korea and all over the usa and europe they're an independent british company and they're passionate about the uk craft beer scene and they continue to support it through this difficult period if dark beer's not your thing you can simply choose the light option and your case will come with the award um, you'll also get the award-winning beer magazine Ferment and a tasty stack. Don't worry though, if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time. Just go to beer52.com forward slash rangers to get your first case of eight beers for five ninety-five. That's beer52.com forward slash rangers. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar, I am your host as always and joining me this week is that marvellous melodian of mellifluous musicality, Mr Martin Ramsey. Hello Martin. That intro gets longer and longer every time. Um, yeah, it, it does. I try and add syllables. I don't try and add words. I don't <laughs> any word uh, I have has an extra syllable. It's good to be here David, thanks for having me on. We always get in trouble when it's you and me after a... After a disappointing result, we usually get mm-hmm. slagged off for being too critical. So, apologies in advance to anyone who's, who's tuned in. Uh, no, I think we'll be we'll be reasonable uh, as always. We are reasonable gentlemen, of course. Uh, yesterday, Rangers went to Leith to con Hibs, 
uh, Easter Road and drew to each in an up and down game, as Martin, you just described to me. I think the perfect phrase to describe what yesterday's performance was. What was that? Did I describe it as? A curate's egg. A curate's egg, yeah, I was just all fair. Uh, yeah. Not a curious egg. No, not a curious egg, just a curate's egg. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it was. Um, sometimes it's easy to do these shows when we just haven't turned up and we're just awful from start to finish. We've been swept away by a team in form and just a bad day, you know, aberration. You can easily mark that down as. Uh, as uh, disappointing, obviously, as that would be, but yeah, we got the full range of uh, Stephen Gerrard's range of really 90 minutes. A lot of brightness uh, and a lot of slackness. I was fortunate enough to be at the game yesterday and thanks to Hibs for allowing us in. They're under no obligation to let in fan media, especially fan media from other clubs, but they're doing it along with you know other clubs and I think that that's uh, very healthy because it'd be easy to pander to elements of their own fan base and say oh we're not letting him in because he's Rangers um, so it was very kind of them to to let me in uh, that's as far as I'm going to go with praising Hibs there's going to be a fair bit of criticism coming their way now but um, yeah I watched the game back today and Rangers didn't play badly as you said and there was some really lovely play by Rangers incisive attacking multiple men moves where they were moving the ball quickly, one-touch passing, the movement from everyone was terrific, two goals that were absolutely superb. You you can't say that they were rubbish because they weren't. I mean, some of the play was terrific, but finishing let us down again. And the defence, which had been obviously impregnable up to that point, did not perform well, I thought, yesterday. I thought that... Tav, I thought, played well in an attacking sense, but defensively, he could have done more at the second goal. Um, and there were other moments of, of slight hesitation. I thought the centre-back struggled. That's the first time they've come up against a, a duo, and quite a physical duo in Nisbet and Dodge. And I thought that they looked uncomfortable. Um, in a way, they haven't this season, but we have seen in previous seasons. I thought they, they struggled with that. And I think that Barisic is carrying a knock. I don't think he's been... Um, I don't think his form since he came back from Croatia where he picked up a knock has been the same since he was away. Uh, midfield, I felt, was probably the weakest. And maybe that's because it's it's an area of the team that we know needs strengthened. Steven Gerrard has said it needs strengthened. That was last season's midfield. Yeah, and they're going to be asked to play all the time at the moment because we, we don't really have the options available to, to freshen things up as things get... Uh, as the, the fixture calendar starts to get very jammed indeed so um, if only we, we knew that was an area we needed to to strengthen three, four months ago. Did I detect a note of sarcasm there? Uh, how long have we been talking about it? A long time, yes, I'll, I'll grant you um, and it is a bit frustrating if two injuries means that we are down to one option on the bench and that option is young Jamie Barjonas who wasn't getting on let's be honest unless there was an injury then that's a worry and it has been a while I do understand the we're not going to rush out and sign somebody for the sake of signing spot on but even so I refuse to believe there isn't one player in our price range who's available at the moment who could improve us I just I don't believe that I did neither do I um Still got a bit to go, obviously, in, in the window and elephant in the room as well, just uh, about what needs to go out in, in order to do that. But uh, 
It's not just last season's midfield, Davey. I mean, it, that, that's it's been there a while. Um, and I'm just it, it weirdly considering where the manager played, how the manager played, um, in his his previous career, uh, why it's it's a, an area of the field that he well spent sixty grand on. Alex McLeish couldn't spot a centre back. It's funny, uh, yeah. It, it's a it's a real weird kind of blind spot with, with some managers. I don't know, um, but and if he thinks he's he's got enough, you know that's his call. He, he doesn't know. I mean, he's he's said that he's he's come out and said we need to get people in there. I, I, I want a midfielder. So he, he's he's actually publicly said we need to to improve in there. But um, something I wanted to talk to you about just before we get into the match itself. Um, online, as as happens after a a, a disappointing result, it, it kind of tends to break into two main areas of uh, strongly held opinion. There's obviously a huge group in the middle, but there's usually two groups on on different sides. One of whom says it's only one game. We have played eight matches in the league this season, six wins and two draws. It's not a bad start. It's not a great start, but it's not a bad start. It's a platform to go on and build from. And let's keep calm and, and keep going with the season. No need to panic. And there's another group who say it's not one game. We've seen this before. It's the same errors and a record against Hibs, Kilmarnock, Aberdeen, Hearts when they were there is poor. We don't win enough of these games. This is the same failings. And I think my problem as someone in the middle, Martin, is I think they're both right. Uh, that's that's the difficulty, and obviously they're going to shout at each other. But I think the issue is is that you're never going to persuade the other side that they're wrong because they're not wrong. It really is just a choice of how you you want to view said curate's egg. It is because all we're ever doing, ever as fans, uh, after a game is projecting forward. What does this mean going towards the the ultimate goal that that we have for that season? And we extrapolate. That's what we do. Um, how confident you feel feeling now uh, compared to how you felt yesterday or last month or whatever. So uh, the more positive uh, side of, of the house uh, would be absolutely correct in saying, well, wait a minute, new season, everything resets at zero, um, unbeaten. I'd say Livingston's probably the more disappointing result. Um, Easter Road's always uh, yeah, awkward. Um, and we're, we're, we're fine. It's not absolute disaster. Um, Celtic won the game in hand, you know, it's, it's only two points, etc., etc. Well, it's still early, uh, and that's absolutely valid. Um, but it's where you start your, your, your line of projection, really, because uh, Rangers fans will not be confident about winning a title until they see a run, until they see uh, a situation happen like yesterday. And the response is immediate and strong. And that means in, in the, the, the latter part of the game. Uh, and there were some new issues yesterday. Every game's unique. Uh, it's never a complete um, rerun. Uh, but we we saw some similarities. The 12th game, I think, that uh, under Gerard, where we've we've dropped points from, from winning positions. There is an issue holding out. Um, there is an issue conceding that vital goal in the last third of a game. Um, we started the game brightly. Uh, the the equaliser, I felt, came from kind of nothing, really. It was a 
opportunistic brilliance um, from Morelos, great cross, but it wasn't as if people are kidding themselves or, or rewriting history if they, they were saying that the, the equaliser was coming because we were in a bit of a, um, a slump before half-time. Second half, we started brightly again for 10-15 for minutes. Scored, could be more. Again, that kind of football that you were talking about earlier, David, the kind of pace and tempo that we've been crying out for, we saw that yesterday. Um, where a manager could reset and, 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 and do his thing and get a reaction that's, that's short term. My issue with this team, uh, in terms of, of, of confidence and mentality, belief, whatever, is their ability to fix things live. Both goals saw a huff for 10, 15 minutes. Um, some kind of paralysis where we just didn't look ourselves. And that's my concern going forward because that's what the recent history has told me. That's why when we, 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 we lose an equaliser or something like that or a team goes in front with, with 20 minutes to go, we don't have the time to play our way back in a game. We don't have the time or the opportunity for the manager to, to, to get his 15 minutes and, and, and recharge and, and, and reset things. Um, it doesn't look enough like we have uh, responsibility takers, game changers, people that say, right, this is what we're going to do, and we're going to do this immediately. Um, uh, we got a bit of a flurry in the last 10 minutes, but you know, we had 20 minutes to, to do that. You know what I mean? It was just this, this real um, anemic response to a goal, a setback, which can happen in football. I mean, the goals were bad, certainly second. It was offside, in fact. But that, that's inevitable in sport. So what are you going to do live? What are you going to do immediately to press that momentum back? Um, it's a cliche, but that's what champions do. It's what champions have always done. And until we see enough of that, um, I, that, that belief within the support, but the belief within the team, more importantly, um, it, that they can go on and you know do the biz, uh, is going to be difficult to, to generate. I can only think of three, really, where we've... we've Rescued a game um, late on, especially away from home. Um, St Mern once, Kilmarnock first day of last season. Um, St Johnson. St Johnson at Christmas in, in 2018. Uh, and plenty where we've succumbed in, in, in that, that period. Um, and that's the bigger picture because a season might reset in terms of points, but that's completely arbitrary. It doesn't mean everything goes back to zero. If you have issues from last season and you haven't addressed them in the market uh, or you haven't fixed things or, or started something new in pre-season, they're probably going to be there still. Um, so that's where the, the, the concern comes from. Um, but still, not disaster, not panic stations, it's just a, a lack of belief within the body of the Kirk and clearly within the, the, the group that they, they have what it takes to get over the, the a small line in terms of a game and then obviously the, the, the bigger line come the bigger picture because they haven't done it enough and it, it's a kind of self-defeating thing at times and that, that's where good psychological management come in or players who can do that for them on the part. There's a lot to unpack there and I want to start off with something you mentioned that I did notice yesterday um, and was kind of reinforced a wee bit watching it back today which was I agree totally that we lose time in games to respond yeah. because there is a period when we concede a goal or suffer a blow of about 10 minutes. Um, you know, it's not scientific, but mm. um, about 10 minutes where we 
seem to be on our back foot, which is a kind way, I suppose, of saying that we seem to go in a bit of a huff and feel sorry for ourselves. And that happened yesterday. That absolutely happened. It was the 71st minute. And Rangers in the last 10 minutes pushed and were unlucky not to get the victory. But they did have that 10 minutes of just passes started going astray. There was a kind of jagged, there was a lot of hands being thrown up in the air. Yeah. Was um, it was me kind of, yeah. Um, and that is something that we've seen before, unfortunately. The other thing that you mentioned um, that I wanted to talk about was this 12 times to to not win from a winning position. And we saw it so often last season, especially in the second half of the season. That's huge because no title winning team, never mind a successful Rangers team, but no title winning team does that. If you want to go and win trophies, if you get yourselves into a winning position by hook or by crook, you see it out. And even recently, even last season, we saw that with Liverpool. Liverpool capable of playing some sensational football at times, but there was a lot of two ones last season. They had a, a run just before Christmas where they did enough and they got themselves into a position. And once they were in that position, they weren't being pegged back. The players spoke about it yesterday. The manager spoke about it. Scott Arfield spoke about it. It's game management. How do you improve that? Because is it a case of saying, well, unfortunately, these players just collectively don't have that? Or is there a way to say to them, look, you need to change your approach when you get to certain stages of matches because we we tend to do it, I think, in different ways. That's the frustrating thing. It's not always the same thing. I go back to Feyenoord, where they got overexcited at 2-1 up. Mm-hmm. Place was going barmy. They'd got themselves to 2-1, and they got done on the counter. Um, away from home in Europe, they got done on the counter. Mm-hmm. But there have been other games where we've simply just switched off. Our passing's got ragged. We haven't appeared to know uh, Kilmarnock away last season where we've just stopped doing the things that we've been doing and we invited the pressure onto us. Is there a way of, of perhaps, I go back to maybe something Jose Mourinho used to do, where you drill for different situations? Do you drill for, we're 2-1 up in the last quarter of the game, right, this is now the emphasis where it's tight collective shape and we, we get them on the break? I don't know if it was just the one thing over and over. It's the one end result, which is surrendering points from a winning position. Absolutely. But we seem to find different ways to get there. Yeah, we do. Uh, possibly. I mean, he, he was very big on that. Um, you know, famously saying, we'll go ahead. We will lose a player. We'll get a man sent off because I know this referee. Uh, and therefore, that this is... Mourinho, yeah, 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 right. absolutely right, yeah. Um, and so we're going to have to go with this. And they would they would train and train and train and prepare and prepare and prepare um, for the the worst-case scenario. And, it, it, you know, he's quite a siege mentality kind of manager. You can take that to, to too much of a degree and, and, and your club becomes incre- incredibly reactive. But possibly, um, of course, there's, there's ways of working psychologically um, or there's a big signing and there's a talisman and players suddenly think well, right well he's there uh, or you stumble over you, know, you stumble across it David you know team does do that and then they maybe do it again and right that it starts to just build that that that, that kind of belief in a habit um, so it can either be design or, or by luck I mean sports it's just full of it full of these examples Um but that the, the reverse cycles it's hard to break um it's it's one of the most difficult things <sighs> one of the difficult things for football managers i mean how how often do we do we talk about this not just be rangers but but just outside um 
when you don't win something early. Uh, you know, Klopp being one um, obvious example of a club saying, "Nope, you're we'll we'll go to finals and we'll we'll, we'll get so far, but you know there's something happening here, uh, and the, the whole place is just full of that belief that eventually it will come, rather than it hasn't come. Uh, shit, what are we going to do? And that breeds panic and it breeds nervousness uh, and fatalism, really. But that's that's where managers earn their money. Uh, do, you, do you keep saying, we're nearly there? These margins are tight. We're not getting pumped 3-0 whenever we drop points. Uh, we are better teams than this muck. Um, but we're, we're starting to do the wrong thing in certain areas of the game, certain areas of the pitch. Um, these are tiny margins that we can wipe out and turn these ones into threes. Um, but None of us are on the inside, so we, we don't know what, what messages um, are, are reiterated um, and if the pressure's been lightened or it's indeed been increased. Yeah, we can only go on what we see. Um, we can only go on, on what the results are, which is fair. That's that's what part of being a fan is. So uh, it's legitimate, though, to, to question that when 12th time, you know, and it happens a lot. And it shouldn't have happened yesterday. Rangers had that game by the scruff of the neck. They were in control of it. Um even then, could have, should have won it. Scott Arfield missing a chance. He was big enough to come out and hold his hand mm-hmm. up afterwards about it. It was a bad miss. Um, the second one in particular was a shame because it was a lovely run and um, great, ball. great ball to find him. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought that uh, that was going to be it, but it wasn't to be. A few things, though, to, to touch upon. I think that you can simultaneously hold more than one thought in your mind at the one time. And I think you can say that Angels did enough to win the game yesterday. They, they, they made good enough chances and their finishing let them down. I think you can say that we most certainly should have kept out Hibs at 2-1 down, 2-1 uh, up, sorry. Uh, I think that's legit. But I still think you can draw attention to another refereeing performance mm. that has had match-changing match changing, uh, influence on the match. Uh, I don't think that the positions are mutually exclusive. Yes, Rangers should have done enough anyway to go on and win that match. Absolutely. But equally valid is the fact that Hibbs' goal was offside. They were lucky to finish with 11 players on the park. And yet again, when Alfredo Morelos has the temerity to react to that treatment, he, of course, goes into the book. It's every week, and it is legitimate to complain. That offside had to be had to be spotted. Hanlon had to be sent off in the first half. These are huge game changing decisions. Yeah, can't disagree with any of that. Uh, you, you're right. You can go too far uh, one way. Um, you can go full uh, Super Scoreboard 1990s and blame absolutely everything on the officials, uh, or you can just ignore them completely. And I don't think either is uh, particularly healthy. Um, from the, the the physicality thing, <clears throat> that that I mean that that is something. Um, Rangers are held to a different standard. There, it would appear. I don't watch a lot of Scottish football outside of that, so you know my my opinion obviously be, would be um, slightly tinted uh, on that. But there are certain, definitely certain fouls that go on in a game that uh, I'm pretty sure would be handled differently and in a different fixture or indeed a different league. Uh, I'm a big VAR advocate, as you know, David. Um, there's absolutely no question there. Uh, even if you were being generous, um, linesman's very well positioned. Uh, it was it was just a bad, 
it's just a bad call. Um, and we can insert our reasons for um, that ourselves. Uh, people asking for the manager to to be more vocal about it. Uh, from memory, I think he was near the start of his, his tenure. He was, yeah. I'm going to give that up. And, and, and certainly Coutinho was, was quite um, vocal from memory. Um, it'll be a real... I mean, he's been in the job long enough to, to know that this is... He's not in Kansas anymore. Um, it'll be a real culture change because in England, I, I think whenever you do start to deflect, any hint of deflection towards uh, decisions, you are hounded, really, um, as being uh, incapable of, of insight and, and incapable of taking responsibility for you for your own team and, and everything else. So I think he, he naturally, as a player, he, he don't think he really fancy shifting the blame. So I think that's probably a, a mindset change. Um, there's ways of doing it. Uh, you don't have to go th- full-on paranoia. Uh, you can be cute about it. Um, but there's only so much the manager can do or anyone else within the club can do. Um, you can release statements all you want or you can um, have the, the, the best and most carefully crafted digs in the media. Um, if you don't have the power... It's all pissing in the wind, my friend. And there is only one club that do have, uh, or does have the power at this moment in time. And they are, that's the real quiz, that's the real game, is um, politically shifting that power um, away. Uh, otherwise, um, you know, our intimidation, our cuteness, our digs, mean fuck all compared to the rest. I mean, I, I asked the manager at the press conference on, on Friday, um whether or not he felt that we were held to a different standard and got a two-word answer, no comment. Now, you can read into that. It's maybe a bit pointed rather than just saying, no, but He will believe that. that we are, but he, I think it would actually burn him as a professional to go down that road. Um, and in terms of, you know, statements, etc., you know, we, we made them. Um, remember St Mirren, will they call him? Didn't change anything. Uh, that that's the thing, and I get that there's always this reaction after a after a poor result, but it is frustrating, and I think that it's that anger. It's going to have to find a place to come out because it's it's every week. Yeah. From an SFA point of view, I think a large part of it that, that's never discussed, and I mean they won't ever refer to it. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I know that it's tempting for us to say, well, they're all just you know, people who went to a certain type of school, uh, for example. But I think that there's slightly more to it than that. And I think that one of the, the major issues in it is the fact that we don't have a lot of refs in Scotland. We've none yeah. coming through. People don't want to be referees. And I understand why, because, you know, thankless task, to be honest. But they're not going to have a root and branch review of the referees, because quite frankly, they're happy to have enough to do the games at the moment so they don't want to go down that route of saying lads you're not good enough this is dreadful we've got to get better here because they are so concerned about not then having enough people to to do the job maybe we could look at the bigger issue then uh, rather than it being you know base things about who they support and all the rest of it. Why don't we look at the actual issue, which is referees are terrified because one club and their supporters are allowed to have a campaign of terror against them. Maybe if we dealt with that, who knows? The referees (laughs) might be able to um, get on with the job. 
they know that if they give a decision to Rangers, it's two weeks, three weeks, hounding in the media. They know if they give a decision against Celtic, it's hounding in the media. It affects their lives on a day-to-day basis. And I'm sorry, I just do not believe that any human being cannot be affected by that. You're asking for a superhuman level of mentality there. Yeah, you absolutely are. And so what what, you, what we want in our ex-players to, to do the same, is that in line with the Redditors' wishes? Uh, again, where where does the political pressure exist in the game? We know where. Uh, and until that's that's changed, we can piss and moan all we want. Um, uh, again, there are ways of doing it, and I, I'd rather the manager said something than nothing. Um, see, personally, there's, there's, there's I a matter the manager, of fact there. Personally, yeah. I, I would rather see the manager raising these issues. Yes, um, I, I think factly that that was. Yeah. He, uh, he he has got to bring up that for a lot of decisions against us recently and point them out and get it into the conversation and it, and it has to be led by the manager. This is the thing, you know. Um, you know, yep, we always do the qualifier in terms of we know the PR guy at Ibrox, um, but if Rangers, you know, PR guy or whatever launches out on this at the first press conference, if someone asks the manager and he says, "Well, no, you know, that was nothing to do with me," it's dead. It has to come from the manager and and personally. I certainly would be saying, hang on a minute here, this is six or seven decisions in six or seven games. Um, we're having a hell of an unlucky streak. It's, it's it's absolutely legitimate, but in his head he must be thinking of Rafa Benitez in his list. You know? Yeah, well, absolutely. absolutely. Just, just like how, how does a football manager in a normal league, any normal world that he's come from, because uh, it's just not a thing. In England, and when when sort of when Benitez did it, he was lampooned immediately, and correctly so. Uh, this is a different world, and it, it, again, there will be a, a genuine, I think, kind of cognitive dissonance there for the manager to uh, go down that road, despite how clearly legitimate um, his his grievances would be. Um, but it's, yeah, I, I I'd rather be him be matter of fact after every game. Um, because it's, it's the least he could do. But in terms of uh, thinking that that would lead to some kind of panacea of equality, uh, that's naive. There was a bit of handbags after the match with uh, Ryan Porteous, the the Hibs defender, with uh, our players refusing to you know, touch elbows. I don't think shake hands is the, the, the phrase now. And when asked about it, Stephen Gerrard said he said we were bad losers. Um, interesting. But uh, he pointed out that, that Porteous had been sent off when they were 3-0 down to a shocker of a tackle last season. A listener said a great thing on our Patreon site, and I want to, to sort of go with this at the moment. I don't want this no mark to become a hate figure or to get a... Uh, to, to, to get a profile he doesn't deserve based on the fact that he kicks Rangers players and I'm kind of reluctant to go down that route myself just simply because he doesn't deserve it He's one in a long line uh, of jobbers that I've, I've tried to make yeah I've tried to make their name um, on that tried to get a reaction uh, and we are we're, we're delivering that yeah, so we'll move on from that. The Morelos conundrum, Martin, um, not to do with his on field uh, at the moment, not really to do with him. It's he, he played yesterday, missed a good chance, scored brilliantly, just an amazing bit of skill. No, no uh, yeah, no, it was wonderful um, to take a touch and then to <laughs> still get the shot away with that power, all in one movement. 
it's why it's why he's so highly rated. I mean, just just was superb. But there's talk, always talk, but uh, renewed talk of Leo coming back in with a fee that looks as though it'll match Rangers um, Rangers fee for him. And it's a difficult one because he's he's back in the side, he's scoring goals, and when he's doing that, you know, you think, oh, can we can we really do without him? Um, on the other hand, I've seen people point out we've never really had a full season out of him yet. Um, maybe it is time to cash in, and if we are going to cash in on him, it kind of the earlier the better, surely, because it would allow us to then go and get other targets in. You know, you don't need to be. Uh, an accountant to know that if there's you know twenty million quid coming in, then obviously that should free up a few bob to go and sign a player. But equally with Kemar Roof being injured for a few weeks, maybe it's not the great time. It's it, it's a dilemma. It really is. I, I suppose it's a dilemma that only becomes a serious one though if an actual big bid does arrive in from Lille or whoever. If Rangers have stuck to their twenty million for for some time and. I think they have, and that's a promise to the player, the recent promise to the player. And eventually, a club turns up who who matches our valuation. If they don't accept, we'll have bigger problems, I think, internally than we have at the moment. Um, I do not see that going down well at all. Um, with the I don't goal. think they would. I don't think that would be an issue. I think. Well, that... I, well, yeah. Uh, so you, it, this is life. Um, a huge markup, huge bit of business. Uh, and if they do get close to that twenty, uh, considering what they've they've turned down, and it's exasperated some of us that uh, you know we, we were willing to play that that kind of game of poker. Uh, and and you know. Fair enough. Uh, if, if if we do manage to, to get what what we set as as our valuation, and a club in Scotland that are high, hardly rolling in money, uh, I just don't think that's that's something we can laugh at and, and and turn down if it can be converted properly into uh, quality in areas where we need it. Well, that's not going to happen on the fourth October. Uh, I. I drives me bananas when, when we look at other leagues, David, for the other shows that we do, and you see these big deals finally happen on deadline day, well, what's a club supposed to do with that? The selling club. It becomes a panic, it becomes rushed, it's, it's not doing business well. Um, so if it's going to happen, I'm always, if a player, A, if a player wants to leave, I'm keen to do a deal sooner rather than later. Um, and if the, the money's right, um, eventually, then get it done and strengthen where we need to, and it, it may well be another another forward because um, I, I can't bear another discussion about a Rangers signing target that starts with the or the sentence starts with the words "if uh, he'll be brilliant for you." <laughs> yeah, it would be nice to get someone in uh, who was a complete thing, but again, finance. I suppose makes that very, very difficult indeed. But uh, onwards and upwards. And I wanted to have a chat to you. We start, or we don't start, but we continue our European um, adventure for this season on Thursday night, going to, to Tilburg to play Willem Tway uh, or uh, William Two, 
So if we're the sons of, does this mean we're playing a grander? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to. But uh, yeah, family uh, affair. Family affair, battle of the staunch. Um, but yeah, we we head off to play Villain Two this Thursday, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a good game. I think they're a decent side, uh, very attack, very attacking, um, which means there's going to be a job for our defence, but equally it should mean that there's space at the back. So uh, Rangers are actually the favourites for this, which I'm you know, mildly surprised, just because it's in Holland, if it was at home, yeah. I think we, we would deservedly be the favourites. But uh, even so, let's hope that the, this thing about bookies seldom being wrong is, is correct, this uh, uh, truism that we spout a lot when we just lost a bit. Yeah. Um, but I, I've seen, and I, I've joined in, with a few Rangers fans saying, I'm not really bothered about Europe this year. And if we have to not make the Europa League one year, then this would be a good year to do it because obviously the money's not going to be as big, um, no crowds, etc., etc., so on and so forth. Then the other side of the that argument, and it's a fair one, is, well, you can't... It, that works if we get knocked out and we go on and win the league. But if we just get knocked out and then do the same thing we usually do, then that's going to be... Uh, a bit of a waste and you can't pick nobody is offering you the bargain to go (laughs) out on Thursday you know unless someone has a direct access to God then nobody is saying if we go out on Thursday we will win the league because yes I would take it I would take it in a heartbeat I would run to you and I can barely move today uh, due to back pain but I would run to you to take that or well I would waddle over slowly but um, it, it is though you know we're fans we're allowed to do this uh, we're allowed to say, and it's a tough one, but, you know, it would be seven less games, which, you know, has, has got to help in terms of wear and tear. It's more time on the training pitch and it's less travel. All of these are, are beneficial. Against that, though, I want us to go as far in every competition as we can. It's, you know, the fact is, come Thursday, I'm going to want us to win. End of story. Yeah, uh, I don't really believe I've ever wanted Rangers to, to, to lose a game. Um if it, hmm. we've we've clearly exceeded expectations in the last couple of years in terms of Europe, um, in terms of even getting to the Europa League um, group stages. Uh, I think we've, we've we've exceeded the expectations in them for sure. Um, in terms of some of the performances, I think we've we've done all right with the draw before. Um, I think this year's slightly different. This is a this is a tough route. Uh, with these two games, especially in the format that it's that it's in, that's a, a real a real tricky one on on Thursday. Um, put it this way: if if it, if it did happen, if we narrowly lost, I would not be as furious as I was yesterday, um, because clearly the impact domestically is more acute. Um, that's the one we want to see the progress in more than anything else. Don't fully buy into the argument that it's it's as big a drain as it is. Uh, we've well worn the uh, uh, Thursday-Sunday thing in England. Uh, you know, uh, Europa League's a, a big problem. We've seen teams have that struggle on a Sunday. We haven't. Uh, in, certain, in terms of the group stage games, when we're in, not not really. Uh, well, we've done all right the following weekend. I guess it takes its toll um, cumulatively, uh, and I, I, I could accept that kind of argument. Um, the performances are obviously different. Come back to how we we started the show. Uh, 
the shackles are often off in Europe because the expectations are nowhere near, the pressure's nowhere near. Um, the team are naturally suited, the manager seems naturally suited to, to those kind of, of, of challenges. And players play with a kind of freedom they do not enjoy at the weekend. Um, so, you know, I think we're, we're all always keen to see Rangers players do that. Um, so it is a difficult one. There is no choice. No one has that option. There's no guarantee either uh, that if, if Phil and Tway um, scudders on, on Thursday night, um, we're turning that into Zhishkov and it's 2002-03 again. Um, it, you know, could easily just be one of the other uh, barren seasons <laughs> where, where Europe's included in that, that bundle as well. Um, it, I, I get the dilemma and I get a fair bit of apathy uh, this season compared to the last two and I, I understand that and I wouldn't choose it but I, I don't think I would be as uh, frustrated as I've, uh, I've been with the, the, the two league draws I, I, Yeah I think that's a fair way to describe it, I want us to win um, if we don't I'll recover but I still want us to win because, you know, it's just Rangers. I want us to go as far in every competition as possible. I like the fact that we have reclaimed uh, a decent reputation in Europe. I like the fact that that, that this is where a club of our size, you know, should should be and should be doing reasonably well. And so all of that, I I accept that, you know, things have changed since Martin and I were kids when Mm. you could have a legitimate shout or certainly a hope. Of, mm. of winning the damn thing and maybe that's a wee bit beyond us now due to the money in certain leagues but even so uh, I, I love the big European uh, adventures that we've had obviously slightly different this year but if there's it, a year to miss out and all that it's yeah. probably this season that's that's been said and, and I can absolutely get that where people are coming from on that one but no it, it's as I say if you could if you could guarantee me it would happen then oh god yeah i would take it tomorrow but uh, you can't <laughs> that becomes a dilemma now traveling over there for this game you have mentioned something that that's true we do tend to get a bit more space in these games how do you set up for a game like this where you're playing a side who are going to come out the traps and go for you they they, they can quite often in matches of of, of five up front villain tway the way their system works um but they do leave themselves exposed at the back do you go there and say right keep it tight, but we've got the pace to and the break, and, and, you know, obviously Kent is an outball. Do you look at maybe somebody like Jones, for instance, ahead of maybe Hadji? Now, I'm not going to sit here and in any way claim that Jones is a better player than Hadji. He's not, but he is quick. He is. Uh, he lives around the corner for me, so I better say this quietly. And uh, No, I don't think I would, I would select him, but that's the... Pace is obviously going to be important. It's, it's the model. It's counter-attacking. Uh, it's right up our street. And this is the curious thing defensively. Um, we've been through some real intimidating uh, atmospheres um, and uh, difficult football pressures away from home in Europe um, the last couple of years. And as a defensive unit, we we almost look like we, we relish that. Um Warsaw, even going back to to um, uh, the, the the first uh, preliminary rounds uh, in his first season, there was just this. I like, like, like even, yeah. yeah, yeah. Give me more. Give me another half hour uh, of defending and 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 giving um, providing this kind of resistance. Uh, real positive defending, if that makes any sense. Not not loose. Aggressive not front space, foot it's, defending. It's, it's, it's yeah. that kind of aggression. 
Um, because it's a different dynamic. It's a completely different ballgame because the pressures of of, uh, of 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 not doing the job just simply aren't the same. Uh, and we have talent in this team, in this squad, but they execute that talent clearly better in, in different kind of situations. And, and Europe does for exactly that reason. Um, but the players we have, the manager we have, we're naturally set up to do that. If they're going to fling things forward, okay do that because I think we've seen a mindset defensively as I said that has stood up to that and we have pace and skill and players who, who just seem to be more creatively um, liberated um, do we need you know SPL players to, to just speak with different accents all the time um, or just come at us I guess uh, I, I don't know but it's it's um, on paper, and maybe that's why the bookies are saying, no, Rangers should do this. It's the kind of uh, setup that, that plays into your hands normally. Well, you know what I'm going to ask? Do you think we will? Yeah. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> I'm surprisingly confident. For a trip to Holland, I think Rangers will. It's a real tricky one. and the two Absolutely. Thing, uh, not having the two-leg thing and, and that, that only being a way. Um, uh, the, yeah, and certainly in terms of, of a uh, qualifying rounds, obviously Denmark is the one that uh, jumps out. We've picked up a lot of draws uh, in the Europa League. Um, Porto Villarreal, uh, Rotterdam. Good sides. Uh, yeah, but but no victories. Um, so that, that's maybe the difference. If, if you know, if, if we had get a lead at Ibrox, for example, would I would I fancy us to go there and do a Braga kind of thing? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so yeah. Listen, we. we yeah, we're, we're more set up. Um, but then we should have been like that on, on Sunday because Hibs were hardly camped in. No, absolutely. And this is, the again, why this Rangers team is, is so difficult to get a handle on because, you know, in, in terms of Gerrard hasn't improved as well. That's garbage. We've got a match on Thursday against a team in Holland and in Holland and I, I think we'll win it. And that's not just, a you know, based on hope. Um, so clearly we have improved, but... Then yesterday, um, same issues that keep happening. And uh, I suppose it's something that we'll still be discussing on here in a couple of months. But uh, that'll do us for today. I'd like to thank Martin for joining me. Pleasure as always, mate. Uh, Martin has a book out, folks, uh, and Christmas is coming up. So, Martin, tell them all about it and where they can get it. Oh yeah, Christmas, birthdays, bar mitzvahs, whatever. Um, uh, the 50 Greatest Rangers games were selected by the listeners of, of Heart and Hand um, from our very first to very recently. It covers uh, the, the breadth of the club's history. And uh, yeah, we, we recorded a few shows on, on that uh, last Christmas uh, and I, I wrote a book uh, that, that details... Uh, all 50 in different ways, um, different focus on on, 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 on different games. Um, but, but yeah, it's uh, selling well. But uh, if you're interested in Rangers, you are interested in Rangers games. It really is kind of up your street. And it is an excellent book. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Great read. Right. Uh, thanks to our executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee and Paul Miles. And remember, if you like Heart and Hand and 
if you're listening to this at this stage of the podcast, you probably do, then can I ask you to go to our Patreon site, patreon.com forward slash heart and hand, where from just one ninety nine per month, you will be able to get hours and hours and hours of chat on all things Rangers and a few other things as well. Trust me, you'll enjoy it, um, especially if you, as, as we all, by the looks of it, might have a lot of hours to fill again soon. So uh, that that might be a place to go that will help you out. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next Monday. Until then, you have a great week. Stay safe. Take care. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.